Hi everyone, welcome back to the Primal Pioneer. I'm your host, Heather Shepard. As a classical homeopath, primal nutritionist, and primal movement coach, I help people all over the world improve their health using nature's medicine kit. For over a decade, I've been helping people overcome both acute and chronic health struggles from cancer, autoimmunity, and leaky gut, to soft tissue injuries, C. diff, and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach to health. As a former Division I athlete and trainer of professional athletes, I also help people recover from injuries and help them recover from the wear and tear that develops from years of playing sports and training the body. This week, enjoy my podcast series all about homeopathic medicine. If you're a homeopathic practitioner, if you're currently working with a homeopath, or if you simply want to learn how to use homeopathic medicine to self-heal your body, your understanding of this ancient natural medicine will improve immensely by listening to this series. Enjoy. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show today. We're switching things up a little bit, uh, making some transformations to the podcast that I hope you enjoy and that I hope will benefit your health and your life in really profound ways. Today and this week, I'm going to launch a series here on homeopathic medicine. And today I'm going to teach you the bare bone basics of homeopathic medicine, what it is, how it works, and how it can piece by piece remove root causes of your health struggles. So let's dive right in here today. Now, homeopathic medicine is neither naturopathic medicine nor allopathic medicine. Although most medical schools, interestingly enough, including Drexler, Columbia, Boston University, included homeopathic medicine as a core aspect to their training programs in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And this, however, was abolished from the medical school curriculum after the release of the Flexner Report, which changed the course of allopathic medicine school and training and practice really for the worse. And You can read more about the Flexner Report by Googling it. You can Google uh, like homeopathic medicines and the Flexner, Flexner Report to learn more about that. But homeopathic medicine really uses homeopathic remedies to help people overcome acute and chronic health struggles. So everything and anything on the physical, on the emotional, on the mental plane, homeopathic medicine can be used to approach these disorders. And while Western medicine treatment strategy focuses on the law of opposites, homeopathy is rooted in treating via the law of similars, an ancient approach to healing that was favored by Hippocrates and many others, including Samuel Hahnemann, which is the founder of homeopathy. And I'm gonna give you an example of these two treatment strategies the law of opposites, and the law of similars to help you fully understand the law of similars and to understand both approaches to treating illness. So if you go to a Western physician, let's say with C. diff, a really intense 
becoming more and more common infection uh, in the gut. can cause some really gnarly symptoms, abdominal cramping, pain, diarrhea, watery diarrhea. Um, this is a condition that I work a lot with in my own private practice. And the symptoms can vary depending on each individual. Uh, and they can be really intense. Now, if you go to a Western physician with these symptoms, they will give each person the same medicine, the same approach. So with C. diff, the standard treatment is antibiotics, usually really strong antibiotics such as vancomycin. And these antibiotics are designed to suppress the immune system. So it stops reacting to the, patho the pathology, the, patho the pathogenic bacteria. Western medicine uses this suppression mode with the medicines they use, not just for C. diff, but that is one, you know, example that I'm providing you with here today. So by doing so, by using this suppressive treatment, they completely, um, or for the short term anyway, their goal is to suppress the immune system so it stops creating symptoms so the patient can experience relief. That is their approach. However, we know with C. diff and pretty much all other conditions, when we use a suppression approach, the pathology doesn't actually go away. It's just suppressed. It's just put a band-aid over it for the time being. And later on, this disease or uh, this either the same disease will come back or a new disease will come back as a result of the suppression. Now, if you go to a homeopath, let's say, with C. diff, symptoms of C. diff, the practitioner will take your symptoms on the mental, emotional, and physical levels, okay? Um, I wanna mention just a little difference here because I'm talking about C. diff. So many people struggle with it. It's a common, um, it's a common ailment that I work with in my practice because most people are at their wits end by the time they've gone through several rounds of antibiotics only to find that they're in a worse condition than when they started. They're not getting better and they can't hold any food down. So when it comes to conditions like C. diff, people are going to present with different symptoms, okay? And the practitioner is going to take your symptoms on the mental, emotional, and physical level. So with homeopathy, you don't necessarily need, say, a stool test result to confirm that you have C. diff or to confirm that you have leaky gut or to confirm that you have SIBO. Um, whereas Western medicine tends to go this diagnostic route. They say, oh, let's test you. Let's see if you have C. diff. If we just treat the patient and not the symptoms, there's much less need for these linear diagnostic tests. And often when we get a diagnosis or somebody gets a diagnosis, um, this can actually be more stressful. So think of if somebody who had high anxiety or anxiety about their health, they came in and you ran, they came in with symptoms of C. diff, you ran tests, you found that they have C. diff, C. diff and they, this could throw them into a more anxiety-provoking state. 
We could say the same thing about cancer. If you come in and you have symptoms of cancer and they run the test, oh, it's cancer. I'm not saying not to get diagnostic these Western medical tests. I use them in my practice and they can be absolutely helpful. Uh, I just want you to understand that they are not necessary to get you to your cure, especially when you um, work with a homeopathic, especially a classically trained homeopath, which I'll talk about what is a classical trained homeopath and what's the difference from other homeopaths. I'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. But it's important to know that when you work with a classically trained homeopath, that they're going to take your mental, emotional, and physical symptoms and that you can get to your cure simply by going this route and by working with a knowledgeable um, homeopath to help you get there. So let's say you go to a homeopath for C. diff, right? They're going to take your symptoms on all three uh, planes, mental, emotional, physical, and they'll prescribe a remedy that actually causes the same symptoms you have when the substance is taken in toxic doses. Um, So, for example, that might sound really extreme. You're not given, homeopathy does not give you a toxic dose. However, they use toxicology and something called provings to see the symptoms that a specific uh, substance can cause in the body when taken in toxic doses. And I'll get into this a little bit throughout this episode, but when you break it down and take these substances in micro doses, then healing, a healing response versus a toxic response can occur. So I'm going to give you an example of this because oftentimes people look at homeopathy. For example, one time I prescribed arsenic album to a client, they got the remedy in the mail and they were terrified. They're like, why are you giving me arsenicum? You know, this is a toxic poisonous substance and it is in toxic doses, but homeopathy uses micro doses of such substances, arsenicum album, mercurius, sulfur, for, for example. Um, and these micro doses are what actually creates a healing response. So I'm going to give you an example of a common remedy, arsenicum album, that we know arsenicum or arsenic to be highly poisonous. And if ingested in toxic amounts, it's going to cause symptoms of severe diarrhea, vomiting. It can even cause chills, fever, increased thirst. These are often common symptoms of food poisoning or of uh, flu which is why arsenicum album and homeopathic preparation provides astounding and often immediate relief in such cases. So homeopathic remedies, if you're wondering, okay, how do we dilute these? How do they act in a healing way and not in the toxic way? So homeopathic remedies, they're diluted to such an extent to where any toxic amount of the substance has been removed. This is, this is why I'm referring to it as a microdose. So every remedy comes in a specific potency. Uh, 12C, 30C, 200C, even up to 1M, 10M, 50M. And the potency refers to the number of times a remedy has been diluted.
So while a 30C is more dilute than a 12C, a 1M is more dilute than a 50M, the more dilute the remedy, the more potent and the more deeper acting it is. And determining the correct potency for a client is an important and crucial step to actually leading the body to a self-healing cure. So you can see why many allopathic doctors and others consider homeopathy, quote-unquote, pseudoscience, because the dilution method used to create potencies actually uh, and, and quite often contain zero molecules of the original material because it's diluted down to the bare, bare bones to only contain the energetics in many cases and many potencies of the substance. But I'm here to tell you the proof is in the pudding, my friends. I've healed a TBI, so a traumatic brain injury. Those of you who have been following me for some time know a little bit about my journey there, but If you've had a brain injury, if you know somebody who's had a brain injury, maybe you've hit your head in a car accident like I did, maybe you got a concussion hiking or playing sports or um, you fell outside, etc. The side effects of a brain injury can be really intense, anything from dizziness, migraine headaches, vertigo, um, feeling disoriented, um, the, the equilibrium system can really go awry. You can get really anxious. You can, your anxiety states can heighten. Um, they can be very, very intense symptoms. I've tried for, for at least 12 years when I was going through the, the core of my TBI healing, I engaged in Every and any remedy uh, modality you could possibly think of, from acupuncture to naturopathic medicine to getting MRIs and um, brain imaging done to see what's going on, what's wrong, you know, and some of these things, such as the acupuncture, craniosacral, provided some short term relief. But it wasn't until I started really. Um, working with a classical trained homeopath that I began to experience not just short-term relief from my TBI, but long lasting relief. And so um, I've had my own personal experience healing my TBI through using homeopathic medicine. And this really inspired me to become trained as a classical homeopath. And by doing so, I've helped people overcome conditions that we have been taught to think are incurable or uh, there's nothing we could really do about that. We just have to learn to live with this condition or these symptoms or, or take a, a Western drug because there's no real good approach. But I've helped people overcome C. diff, pneumonia, skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, chronic stubborn constipation, leaky gut, radiation poisoning, elements from concussion, blood clots, brain bleeds, depression, anxiety disorders, cancer. Literally, I've helped people overcome a lot of intense health conditions by using homeopathic medicine as a core aspect and element to the healing process to facilitate uh, the self-healing that our bodies are innately designed to do. 
So homeopathy treats, uh, is founded, is, is rooted on, the foundation is this law of similars. So in Western medicine, let's just take, for example, I just really want you to get the clarity, the difference here between the, the treating via the law of opposites and treating via the law of similars. So let's take chronic constipation as an example. So what would we do in uh, Western medicine while well, we give laxatives, um, you know, we would do something to provide relief that wouldn't actually stimulate the body's immune system or stimulate a healing response, but it would be more of a suppressive band-aid approach. So what do we do with constipation? We give laxatives, we tell people to eat more fiber, um, and we also do things like enemas, this purging type of action. And this will never get to the root of chronic constipation. It's actually a Band-Aid approach um, because many people who struggle with chronic constipation do so for very different reasons, uh, all varying on the physical, mental, emotional planes. Um, so homeopathy uses the law of similar. So, for example, in a chronic constipation case, after an, an intake, the practitioner would look for emotional symptoms, peculiar symptoms, and also for remedies that actually um, contribute to chronic constipation or, or stubborn constipation in its toxic dosage or in approving. For more information about provings, you can Google homeopathic provings. Um, so this is uh, a lot the law of similars is what homeopathy is rooted in so in the chronic constipation case we have several remedies that uh, are linked to this constipated state in uh, toxic effects or improving so for example one of the most common remedies for chronic constipation is alumina or aluminum right and so I just want to warn and caution that if you struggle with constipation, we one of the things that I love about homeopathic medicine is that we're not just looking at the physical because you didn't develop a chronic condition due to a physical imbalance, at least not by itself or on its own. You developed a chronic condition because of uh, emotional disharmonies, uh, sometimes mental disharmonies as well, which lead to the physical disharmonies. So I'll get into that also, that topic in, a, in an upcoming episode in this series on homeopathy and getting started the basics of homeopathy because one thing that um, separates a classical homeopath from other homeopaths and, and classical homeopathy from naturopathic medicine and Western medicine and other types of medicines is that it takes the mental and emotional symptoms into consideration and peculiar symptoms into consideration when going about a case. So what's a peculiar symptom? Not to get too much off topic, but I just, I know some of these terms may be new to some of you. A peculiar symptom could be something like the feeling of a wet washcloth on, on my back or the feeling of 
you know, droplets of water on me, even though you're not sweating, maybe you're just sitting down. These are peculiar symptoms. I once had a client um, have a peculiar symptom that every time she brushed her teeth, her feet turned icy cold. These are peculiar symptoms that a Western doctor would say, uh, that's psychosomatic, that's absolutely uh, you know, insane, they disregard it, Let's just tell me your physical symptoms and I'll write you an Rx, right? A naturopathic physician often they have no idea what to do with these sort of peculiar rare symptoms that patients often report however a classically trained homeopath takes these peculiar symptoms into great consideration when choosing the correct remedy to help lead somebody to their cure so why would we use this light cures like the law of similars approach why is this helpful? Why would we choose to use this medicine that seems so counterintuitive to healing? Why would we use a medicine that's going to create the same symptoms that somebody is having? So to truly grasp and understand the the real genius behind homeopathy, a basic understanding of how the body heals, prevents, and overcomes disease is crucial. And I'm going to make this really simple for you all because it's literally very simple. It's not super scientific. You don't have to get into the science, the anatomy, the physiology to understand how the body heals, prevents, and overcomes disease. It's very basic and can be boiled down to basic terms. And really, this comes down to symptoms right symptoms uh, are a way that the body heals symptoms are not in place Uh, we don't experience them just to make our lives a living hell and to feel crappy and uncomfortable not at all the body produces symptoms as an attempt to prevent the disease from going deeper into the body So if you have chronic headaches, if you have chronic constipation, if you struggle with fatigue, um, if you're having diarrhea, um, if you can't sleep at night, your body is producing these symptoms, um, especially your, your defense system, your immune system, they're producing these symptoms as an attempt to fight off the pathology and as an attempt to prevent it from going into deeper layers. So, for example, the tonsils, these are considered, yeah, it's just like a, an accessory, right? And it's, it's an accessory organ uh, when it comes to Western medicine and, and our approach to the tonsils. Eh, you, could, you could go without them, appendix, you could do without it, right? Gallbladder, why do you need that? But let's take the tonsils for an example. This is the first line of defense for the respiratory system. It literally, the tonsils protect the respiratory system from infection, uh, from bacteria, viral, toxic effects, you know, exposures. The tonsils are in place to defend the respiratory system. But what happens when we get tonsillitis? Or strep throat, you know, one of the first usually uh, illnesses that we get as kids, ear infections, tonsillitis, right, strep throat, and we're often given antibiotics. And then, you know, the tonsillitis goes away for a little while, the strep throat goes away, and all of it, then it comes back. Eventually, you stop getting strep throat, you stop getting tonsillitis, right? 
And what happens is you now become prone to bronchitis and then you become prone to pneumonia. So this response, as the tonsils become inflamed, it's protecting the pathology from going deeper. If you take away that response, so with antibiotics, with suppressive therapies, eventually that defense system, that first line of defense is going to weaken. It's not going to work anymore. And so then the pathology makes it down into the deeper layers, goes down into the lungs. So what do we do? More antibiotics, right? More antibiotics, pneumonia, bronchitis, more antibiotics. Then what happens? Asthma. Or then what happens? Chronic constipation. Or then what happens? Depression. This is the, the layers that the pathology goes down into these deeper layers as we suppress. So as we suppress the pathology, the immune system weakens until one day it literally stops responding because it's been suppressed to such a great degree. I see this uh, with my cancer clients all the time, individuals who've had cancer. I say, okay, when's the last time you had a cold, a flu? When's the last time you had a fever over 101.3? Their response, I never get sick. I haven't had a fever in years. I can't remember the last time I had a fever. I said, this is the issue. This is the issue. Your immune system has literally stopped responding. And so it gets to this point where then as it stops responding and having acutes, meaning any type of fever, acute acute systemic reaction, so let's say a UTI, let's say a fever, strep throat, bronchitis, you know, eventually the body you suppress, it gets to this point where hey, just doesn't respond to acutes anymore. It doesn't get acutes. That's a very, very dangerous and bad sign. And so then years later, what happens? Cancer. Because the immune system can't create that response anymore. And so then it gets this massive um, response as it gets overwhelmed and develops things like cancer. So... When approaching both acute and chronic diseases from a classical homeopathic standpoint, treating via the law of similars allows the body's immune system to actually strengthen. So it does so by once you give a remedy, you give the correct remedy. Now, if you give the incorrect remedy, you're not going to have a positive response. You're not going to have a healing response, right? But when you give the correct remedy, then the body has a response. We refer to this as an aggravation in homeopathy. So there's some kind of aggravation. Um, Maybe there's acne that develops. Maybe a skin eruption comes out. Something starts to come out. Maybe there's a fever, okay? Some, the body responds with some aggravated response initially. And so if we saw this in Western medicine, oh, suppress that immediately. Give them acne cream, give them some Benadryl for the the skin rash, you know, give them some kind of corticosteroids to stop the itching. This is not how classical homeopaths would respond. They'd say, oh, that's an excellent sign. Your body is this is an excellent sign your body's immune system is literally 
revitalizing. It's amping up. It's literally leveling up, right? So that your body's defense system can naturally overcome whatever condition you're struggling with on its own. Now, in acute cases, you know, let's talk about a flu, a cold, food poisoning, pneumonia, C. diff. We should see the body have an immediate, um, almost an immediate healing response. In chronic cases, you know, the aggravation can um, start initially on a more mild level. And then as you really get into the deeper layers, you'll see Um, You know, maybe you'll have a skin rash, maybe it'll start to itch. This is the pathology coming out. And we see more of that aggravation in chronic, when treating chronic diseases versus acute diseases. However, using this approach, homeopathy, the law of similars, causes the immune system, triggers the immune system to have a response. So let's say in this case of uh, an acute C. diff response, you're right in the throes of it. Maybe you have a fever, the fever's, you know, 100 degrees. However, for those pathogens that um, are fueling the the C. diff, the temperature needs to get to 101.4 in order to kill the pathogens. So under correct homeopathic care, you give a remedy, the fever goes from 100 to 102, let's say, so there's an initial aggravation with a higher fever, and then very soon after, there's a huge amelioration of symptoms because the body's immune system was able to level up, respond, and self-heal, and this is the beauty of Uh, homeopathic medicine. So under quality homeopathic care, there's typically going to be an initial aggravation. And this could really will vary depending on each individual. The and and some people will get just a minor skin rash, acne. Some people will get an emotional release. Like for example, people who can't cry. That is the the uh, the literally the defense system has shut down the ability to cry because the body cannot handle one more emotional stress or else it would snap. It can't handle another emotional processing, you know, of a a breakup, of some kind of uh, fight with a partner, with a, a family member, whatever it may be. So what happens is it literally shuts down its ability to grieve because if it were to grieve, it would the body couldn't handle it. So by giving a remedy that um, helps promote this release of the grief and supports the immune system at the same time, it's one of the, the beauties, the real, uh, it's, it's one of the most amazing things I love about homeopathy is this ability to help restore healthy emotional responses. So these reactions, they're very positive signs that your defense system is actually strengthening. It's quote-unquote leveling up to fight disease, allowing the body to do what it is innately designed to do, which is fight disease. (music) 
To learn more about classical homeopathy and other holistic self-healing modalities, subscribe to this podcast and visit me online at heathershepherd.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com at ancestraldigestion.com or on Instagram at sunlight underscore Rx.